I've been thinking That maybe this ain't what I want Or maybe this ain't what I need You know I wanna go high I can't find a plane for me I'm just trying to learn to fly I've been running for a long time Trying to get away from me Trying to find some inner peace I just wanna go high I just wanna go high See lately I've been dreaming all about the past And what I should've did and what I should've had I should've wrote that verse, I should've went to class I should've finished first, but I finished last And it hurt looking back on all your misfortunes Missed opportunities, same as a life abortion So many late nights with nothing accomplished I was being lazy with my niggas, living so bummish Afraid I would amount to nothing like an overdraft Sometimes I hide the pain with a smile and a laugh Threw myself over the ship into a river raft And currently, I'm trying to fight the current of the aftermath Of the equation I always seem to get wrong Times the procrastination by seven equals a bomb But I know that I gotta make it, I gotta get it The road will be tough anyway, so what's the difference? I'm your host, Gino Boost, and those sweet sounds you're hearing means it's a very special episode of the Subcon Video Game Hip Hop Podcast. That intro track was called Link to the Past, produced by Antoine Perkins, and that's by Silas from his album The Day I Died. Uh, that is the perfect low-key intro song to this special episode which is completely dedicated to Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Um, so be sure to check out that track and the rest of his album um, via his SoundCloud page, which you can find if you go over to GameMusicForAll.com slash Subcon and check out all the show notes for this week's episode. On November 21st, in just a few short days, it will mark 25 years since the greatest game of all time came out. That isn't from Detroit. Sorry. Sorry. We are doing nothing but Link to the Past based beats and rhymes throughout this entire extended episode. I can't contain my Zelda love to just a few tracks, so I'm packing it in by featuring six of my favorite Link to the Past based rhymes and remixes so hold on to your fucking tunic because i'm talking about zelda first i should say that i've written the beginning of a lengthy retrospective on the legend of zelda link to the past over on the game music for all website so go read that because once i get going on zelda i really don't know when i'm gonna stop i have many many memories with link to the past from just beating the game to taking apart my Super Nintendo controller so I could try to do a 12-minute speedrun of the game which still took me about an hour. I'm laying it all out in my Zelda Link to the Past retrospective though so you know go read that like I just said over on GameMusicForAll.com So instead of reminiscing about the game on today's podcast, I thought I'd list off a bunch of my 
favorite and a couple of my least favorite things about Link to the Past. First, I'm going to dig into the music of Link to the Past because, you know, VGM and all that. Keeping up appearances, you know. My favorite track in Link to the Past is definitely No Contest, uh, the select game slash fairy fountain theme. Um, this Zelda was the first one to feature this song, and it has been the featured select file music in every Zelda ever since. And why? Because it's so damn good. Uh, way better than the Final Fantasy file select music. But well, well, this isn't a contest. Uh, they are both very damn good themes that get me all nostalgic and hyped up. That's another reason why I love Fairy Fountain theme, is when you hear those waves of notes falling over you, you can't help but feel Zelda in your heart, like you get in that perfect Zelda mood. And also, it's the best track for making sweet ass hip hop beats. So, any person listening that makes sweet ass hip hop beats, consider the Zelda Fairy Fountain theme. Alright, so after my favorite theme, we have to talk about my favorite jingle. Uh, there's plenty of classic jingles in the Zelda series, and a lot of ones that are specific to Link to the Past specifically. So it was a toss-up between a couple of different jingles. Uh, first was the Book of Medora, which sounds all old-timey and chanty, and I also like that a book has a theme, because I'm a book nerd. Uh, then the chest appears jingle. That one is seriously underrated. But when it all comes down to it, I have to give it to the world warp sound though. Because not only is that a super sweet sound, but it is the most important jingle in the game because warping between the light and the dark world is the entire basis of the game. So the final part after my favorite jingle and my favorite track is my favorite sound effect. Now, this one was a lot tougher to decide. Um, it was a toss-up between the dizzying boss-defeated noise and the simple but elegant tap-tap of the sword tapping against the wall. And even though the boss-defeated noise is much more satisfying, the winner is the clink-clink-clink of the sword tapping because I tapped damn near every wall in that entire game searching for some hidden walls to blow up. Stepping outside of the game for a moment, I want to talk about my favorite Link to the Past mashup and that award definitely goes to Team Teamwork. I'm a super fan of Team Teamwork if you hadn't noticed from prior episodes already. Um, he released a album called Super Nintendo Sega Genesis and this dropped right when I was getting heavy into Team Teamwork's other great mashup albums. I've been a lifelong acolyte of his ever since. Not sure if he was hoping to have acolytes, you know, as a goal in his m musical career, but here we are and I shall do his bidding. Let's get into this mashup. It is called Never Scared, a mashup of music from Elite to the Past and Bone Crusher, Killer Mike, and T. So I'm outside of 
you heard here was by Too Mellow from his album remix singles that was Get It Darkly, uh, Lloyd vs. Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. I just couldn't go through a full six songs without including some smooth Too Mellow mashups to make this show complete. So right now we're going to list off some of my favorite and least favorite characters, objects, holes, and just general happenings in Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Uh, first up, let's talk about the best and the worst non-playable characters. Uh, the best, definitely King Zora. He's a tough but shrewd businessman. Uh, it's tough to get to his business, which is the tough part. And he's shrewd because he charges me 500 rupees slightly over half of all the rupees a man can possibly have in his name just for some flippers I mean how bad do I swim that flippers are the deciding factor between whether I drown or not anyway this isn't about me it's about King Zora and I do appreciate that he gives me the flippers at all because that is very convenient that's why he's the best character <laughs> in Link to the Past. But the worst character uh, is the uncle. Uh, he's absolutely useless. I mean, he tells you to stay home. You don't. Good work, Link. The last thing you did before your uncle died was you disobeyed a direct plea from him. But it doesn't matter because you disobey a direct plea from your uncle and minutes later... 
uh, find your uncle downed alone in a sewer having failed his one and only mission and he leaves it up to you a child to complete the mission a grown man could not so useless but there's a lot of useless characters in the game I think he's tied with the quote unquote loyal sage i.e. the priest who hangs out in the sanctuary with Princess Zelda at least until Princess Zelda gets kidnapped I mean a lot of help you were a lot of help Sanctuary was if you could just barge in and it's no longer Sanctuary I mean then it's just a regular old house and you know that's not gonna keep Gaddon out I don't think it is I mean he, see, he looks pretty tough so the priest and the uncle tied for useless useless worst characters that do nothing except well I guess the uncle gave me a sword so that was kind of nice but uh, what was he going to do with it he was dying anyway give me your sword so we have the best and the worst shops now I'm not a man that goes to shops in Zelda games unless that's the only way to get an item but I still have my favorite and least favorite shops the worst shop is the shop in the dark world north of the smithy that is really far out of the way. You have to jump a couple fences to get there. And then the store's merchandise is just as bad as any other shop. I mean, okay, you can buy a red shield there, to be fair. But to be much fairer, you can get red shields for free from a fairy. No need to open your wallet at all. So is it really that great of a store? No. And then you have to jump another fence to leave the store. Not exactly, well... I guess that's the kind of... When you live next to a town full of thieves, I guess that can be a little forgiven. But why would you have a... Who could run a store in a town full of thieves? Anyway, my favorite shop is definitely the potion shop. I mean, it's the only shop that has those things. And those things are things I need. And the shop is also in a great and convenient location located by the waterfront. You can't miss it. The best and worst common enemy. The best common enemy is Lionel, that weird half horse, half man, and half lion beast you meet atop Death Mountain in the Dark World. Uh, that was definitely a surprise. By that point in the game, you expect that you've seen just about everything. Uh, but then there it is, some crazy beast with the bot with the lower body of a horse the torso of a man and the face of a lion and it could also shoot fireballs and it's really hard to defeat and it moves around a lot the worst common enemy is the incredibly annoying anti-fairy i know it just bounces off the walls at predictable angles but somehow i can never read where it's going and i can never get out of the way and it always always hits me it's like trying to pass someone coming the opposite direction down a hallway and you repeatedly just keep stepping into each other it's just so sad every time it happens I just take a big sad sigh and then I probably get hit two more times and, and then Link dies best hole in the ground in the game 
Um, I'm a firm believer that there's no bad holes in the ground in the game, except the ones that actually do damage, of course. But if the hole doesn't do damage, then it's a quality hole, in my book, at least as far as the Zelda series is concerned. This one was a much more difficult decision than I had originally anticipated. I mean, there's the hole in the ground in the cemetery that leads to those mysterious crumbled walls you walked by when you were saving Princess Zelda from the castle. And then you get to return to those crumbled walls and bust through and collect just a crap load of coins, almost enough to buy you a set of flippers. And that's real rewarding because it's like, I knew I'd be back and I knew I'd unlock your secrets, mysterious wall. That's a very satisfying hole in the ground. But I gotta give a shout out to the hole in the ground on the side of the castle because without falling into that hole in the ground, your entire adventure wouldn't even be possible. I mean, you'd still be stuck arguing with the guards at the castle gate in the rain, soaked, while your uncle is trapped somewhere dying of pneumonia because he broke his leg or something. But my favorite hole in the ground has to definitely be the cave beneath the large rock near the desert entrance in the light world, which hides an ever-replenishing stock of blue rupees. I believe about 50 rupees worth every time you walk into the place, which helps a lot when you're trying to buy a pair of flippers. Alright, so now that I'm worn out talking about holes in the ground, let's get into the next track. This one is by Super Nintendo, one of the first guys ever to shoot me some music thanks to this little website I have going. Uh, he made a bunch of uh, classic remixes, but he let us include this track on the first game music for all compilation that was ever created, uh, Music EXP. This is Super Nintendo's track, Zelda Underworld. Won't let him slip his future ass Whippin' sick of toying I'm flowing poignant This flow's annoying And his troops know he purloined it Don't know why they joined him He ain't worth a rupee or a coin And he sounds like my grow Oink While he's spittin' Trico We stay Rico That's right, Chico Cash from here to Kakariko We go from dark world to ghettos and free codes While this evil pedo lost woods and keyholes The throne is yours But of course it's only porcelain Try to floss with 
too many flaws to fight wars The lines cross, get tossed right off your hot horse Gently with words, I don't even have to try force Matter of fact, I'm gonna leave the mic for my opponent Let's see him prove he's the top exponent What? I'm still on the game, and that will stay the same Till another punk approaches me with another name to shame Of tame lions, not really bragging but I'm killing giants And it is canon, we cattle just a quick trying To get the flying, I will not blame you if you flee From the front line, them other bitches agree I'm the villain of the rhyme, so let us intertwine Set the divine, out of this world like the temple of time Now wait a minute, where the hell's your pretty girl? Should've brought her along, she could've been my pearl And like the rest of my harem, give your princess the world I'm the twirl, and if she's lucky she can be the queen of my world By all means necessary my power's getting kinda crazy Like a film by Scorsese I'm long established to be by far the most savage Within my castle walls bound to get around Welcome back. We just heard He Ain't a G by Jose the Bronx Rican featuring Zyko and that was from the Overclocked Remix compilation Heroes vs. Villains. I couldn't miss out on some of that classic OC Remix endorsed rap, uh, especially a track that sneaks in a reference to another OC Remix track by Shell Riley. Now it's time to tackle some of the slightly more serious favorites I have from the series. Uh, my favorite dungeon from the game, that would be the fourth crystal dungeon in the dark world, uh, Blind's Hideout. It's a nice big square dungeon, uh, but with a twist. Apparently saving a young, uncrystallized girl is a little fishy, but I went with it. But, you know, 25 year old spoiler alert. Um, using light reveals the boss in Blind's Hideout, which was a nice surprise and an awesome change of pace compared to just walking in on a boss every other time. This stage featured a lot of areas where you could just put your feet to the floor and turn on your Pegasus boots and just run straight down hallways and crashing into enemies and crashing into walls. Which brings us to the best item in the game. Clearly the Pegasus boots. I mean you can run forever without getting tired, without any consequences, without any regard for the enemies or allies that stand before you. Plus you can get everywhere faster. You better believe I learned the best areas to run the furthest distance in the least amount of time with my trusty old Pegasus boots. Not to mention, you can crash through the wall like a Kool-Aid man. If you find a crumpled enough wall, no need to waste bombs when you could just dive right into that problem. I have to give an honorable mention to the Book of Medora, you know, for being a book and taking up precious inventory space uh, for something that you only use one, two, three, four, five, nah, I guess, I guess it's pretty useful for a book. I mean, I've never needed a book in a situation in my own life. I mean, it's nice to have a book if you're bored, but it didn't actually solve a problem for me. Just saying. Also, an honorable mention to the bug catching net, because that trusty old net helped me take down Aghanim before being sent to the dark world. Who knew that bug catching net was actually magical and woven from the same strength and magical material as the Master Sword itself. And it also can catch bugs. 
And I also have to give another honorable mention to the ridiculously intense but ultimately useless Bombos medallion. Now, of course, it's pretty damn sweet to have because it just explodes everything on the screen for a little while. Um, but I never really used the medallions, and considering that the Bombos medallion is the only one that isn't required by the game to be used, it really just doesn't get a lot of play in my book, even for the overkill awesomeness that it is. And then we got the best boss battle in the game. Uh, that definitely has to go to the hookshot battle at the end of the second crystal dungeon in the Dark World. The beast of a thousand eyeballs, a giant eye, and it's covered in a bunch of giant eyes. Well, okay, so the main eye is the most giant eye, but it's not like these other eyes are as big as a person's head, so they're giant eyes too. Anyway, if your enemy's only weakness is the eye, like in a lot of games, well then, what if the boss was nothing but eyes? So it's a giant weak point. So that solves that riddle, I guess. And this boss is objectively cool, once again, because it gets to reappear in several other Zelda games. Because hookshotting giant eyeballs in their eyeballs and then slashing them in their eye with your sword is just... It's just great. Biggest surprise in the game? I guess I could say spoiler alerts, but are you seriously listening to a special about a 25-year-old video game that you still plan on playing without someone ruining it for you? The biggest surprise was definitely the Flute Kid. Flute Kid, no! If only I had moved faster. If only I hadn't spent all that time throwing rupees into the Wish Fountain. I could have made it in time to save good old Flute Boy, but alas, I did not. The other biggest surprising game was those damn thieves chilling in the Lost Woods. I thought he was just a regular enemy. Hey dude, what's up? What's up? You, I'm kind of lost here. Can you- Oh my god! And then he just rams into me with the power of Ganon himself because this guy is just straight up unkillable and he just he just keeps coming he doesn't even want my stuff he just wants to make sure I don't have any stuff because I'm losing red rupees and I'm losing bombs and arrows by the five it's just I'm just in complete shock I'm just thinking about how long it took me to get all those rupees and they're just disappearing before my eyes and this guy is just coming at me still and he's coming at me and I just dropped the controller, I don't know what to do. It's it's too much, I don't want to think about it anymore. So let's talk about the dungeons again. Just real quick, my preferred dungeon order is 1, 4, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7. I don't change it up too much, I just like to go to 4 because I quickly would like to upgrade my Master Sword to the Tempered Sword, and then it really doesn't matter what dungeon I do after that. All I know is that I want my Powered Up Sword as quickly as possible. No slashing things twice for me. And I think that just about wraps it up for all my thoughts on this very special podcast. Like I said, get my full 
wonderful, comedic, hilarious retrospective by going over to GameMusicForAll.com and finding part one of my Legend of Zelda retrospective. Now let's go over all of the great Link to the Past inspired background music we heard on this special, special episode. To kick the show off, we heard a classic overclocked remix by Gux known as Dark World Jazz. After that, we heard Beethoven Boy's take on the Legend of Zelda dungeon theme from his album Nintendo Dance Revolution. Then we heard another overclocked remix, this time by OC remixer Nosylvania with his Link to the Past tribute known as Divinity, which recently came out. As always, check the show notes for links to all of the music I played on this week's episode. Then we heard another track from LGX from the Legend of Zelda mixtape, Leyende de Verde. That track was Doom Dungeon. Next we have some more music by DJ MMA Productions. Another one from his The Nintendo Classics mixtape. And that track is called Blast to the Past. And that was followed up by Triforce Chamber by BNAP. Another awesome beat from his album SNES Beats Volume 3. And then we got another of my favorite overclocked remixes. This one is by Blue Dot Nocturne. And it is known as Sacred Flute. And finally we end it all here with the original music from the SNES Classic. This track is known as Epilogue, Beautiful Hyrule, and is, of course, written by the one and only Koji Kondo. And to close out this week's show, we'll be hearing the staff roll music from Zelda Link to the Past. But before we get into that, I have one more favorite to rattle off here, and that is my favorite Link to the Past overclocked remix and that would be overclocked remix number 591 this track i believe came out way back in 2002 when i was nothing but a young internet lad discovering video game remixes for the first time and i fell in love with this track as soon as i heard it because of the great timing of the release of this song in my life this will always be a defining track of Overclocked Remix in my mind. And of course, you can find a link to that Overclocked Remix track by heading over to gamemusicforall.com slash subcon. Thanks again for listening to the Subcon Podcast. And enjoy one of my favorite Overclocked Remixes of all time. Uh, Crystals of Kakariko by Nops and Protricity.
Thanks for listening to the Subcon Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to me at patreon.com slash genoboost. Find song links and show notes at gamemusicforall.com slash subcon. Follow me on Twitter at Genoboost and Instagram at RetroBitsLA. And of course, you can find the latest video game-based albums at GameMusicForAll.com. You're now leaving Subcon.